0: Welcome to Locked On 49ers post-game rapid react episode. The Niners taking charge of their playoff lives. A huge, massive Week 12 win over the Minnesota Vikings 34-26. Croc and Peacock, we're here to break it all down for you. Game balls, takeaways, key players, key plays from Week 12 coming up. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here with you. Another Rapid React episode post-game. We're live on YouTube. Shout out to everybody watching us on video. And a big holler to all the listeners who've been with us for years that are maybe on their way to work Monday morning listening to this audio podcast. Apple, uh, Spotify, everywhere you find podcasts, you can find Locked On 49ers. It's a victory Monday for those of you listening on Monday morning. You got to be feeling good, Croc. You got to be feeling good as well about this win For the 49ers beating the Vikings and really massively helping their odds at making the playoffs in 2021. 34-26. Are you pumped, Crocky?
1: I I think pumped is an understatement. You know, this was one of those games where you go into it and you feel good about it, and you feel good about where the 49ers are headed, and you know, they're on a two-game winning streak. And it's like, all right, this Viking game, it makes it real. And that, and I felt like that was one win that I love to see because of how it went. You came out, you fell behind, you know, you you battled back, you ruled off three straight touchdowns in like a four minute span. You know, you, you had the missed field goal, you know, you had the interception. So everything wasn't perfect. That was awesome. I saw people tweeting out, it felt like a playoff uh, atmosphere. Great, great, great win for the 49ers.
0: Absolutely. And for those of you who are watching to this live stream on YouTube post game, make sure you hit a subscribe, hit the bell so you know when a new episode is coming and hang out a little bit afterwards. We might do a little QA and, and holler at you. I see all the chats in here. I see all the folks that are joining into the live stream, and I love all of you for it. And those of you who just listen to audio, that's cool too. But if you want to check out the YouTube channel, we have launched it this week. We're almost up to a 1,000 subscribers already, trying to get over that 1K on this episode too. So uh, we're pumped for it. Pump for the new channel. Pump for this version of the 49ers the last three weeks. This looks like a different team. They're ready to go. They're ready to make some noise in the playoffs. And, hey, Crocky, I mean, I don't want to get over ahead of ourselves here. Niners are just, you know, creeping up to that sixth seed now in the playoff picture, a wild card playoff seeding. But the Rams losing to the Packers Sunday. They're only game out of the fifth seed, too. So why not leapfrog those Rams, right? Who The 49ers have already proven they can beat a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah. So technically the 49ers are a half game behind the LA Rams. And again, I think if you had asked us this question a few weeks ago, we'd be in this position right now. Most people would say, no, 49ers would not be in this situation, but you know, they're hot right now. And and I said it, man, I talked about it with my guy, uh, Will Blackman, right? Remember that conversation about those, uh, the, the New York giants who won the Super Bowl and how they kind of backed into the playoffs. You know, they had mm-hmm. a streak of, Four straight losses at one point in that year, late in that year. And we asked, what brought that together? And it was like, man, the leadership. So now you look at the 49ers, they had that meeting, you know, the defensive meeting and all that with Fred Warner leading it. And since then, the 49ers have just kind of, they they look like what we expected them to look like early on. This was a really good win.
0: We got to start with the quarterbacks and Jimmy Grok and Kirk Cousins. If they swap uniforms, I don't know if you've been able to tell them apart with the the way this game ended. It started kind of ugly for Jimmy G out of the gate, throwing high. He was off on three of his first four passes, started with the interception. And that was the nightmare scenario that I talked about all week that I was worried about. Can the 49ers come back from an early deficit? And the Vikings did take that seven nothing deficit. And Kirk Cousins was a little bit sharper earlier. And I thought it was really interesting after that drive, after the Niners got the ball back, and they were down 7 nothing, They didn't panic. They didn't go to aerial attack mode. Kyle Shanahan, and really a lot of it looked like the last time they played the Vikings in January of 2020 in that wild card playoff game, oddly enough, and who knows, maybe they're on a collision course for another one of those games in the playoffs coming up because I still think the Minnesota Vikings have an opportunity against some of those teams uh, it, it, to get that 7-seed still. In, and to, I mean the six seed's not uh, uh, we're not out of the woods yet with that six seed either but to come back and they went heavy with the ground game again and Jimmy did make one throw on that drive but it was mostly on the ground and all of a sudden it was ground and pound from then on out a whole lot of Elijah Mitchell 27 carries for 133 yards coming off his finger and ribs pre-game crock we talked about it and I, I said look probably won't be a lot of sermon in this game and sermon did get hurt in this game which added to it but I said look if Mitchell's ready Shanahan's going to lean on when when guys are in the game he uses them as much as he can and boy did he 27 carries they didn't get to that 40 carry mark they got to 39 three of those from Jimmy G one for IU two for Wilson only which surprised me 27 for Elijah Mitchell and six for Debo Samuel we'll get to more of of that stuff and and Mitchell and Debo and all of that but it's all to say Kyle did kind of coach a little bit scared of Jimmy G, especially in the first half after that interception. Kyle was chewing his ass out on the sideline. Did you see that clip? Uh, He was not happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo was not happy with himself, pretty frustrated there. But I thought Jimmy came back well. He he was like two of eight passing or some point in the first quarter. Uh, And and he ended up being uh, 17 of 26. For 230 yards, not great, but but not as bad as it started. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He threw some darts later in the game. A nice throw to Iuk over the middle of the field. He threw a nice ball to the deep to the sideline to Jennings. Jennings didn't get his feet inbounds in the end zone, but I thought that was a nice throw. And in the fourth quarter, made a couple of really good throws. One, two, um, uh, who, I don't know. It was a couple in a row in the fourth quarter. There was a slant with a good catch from Shurfield. Uh, there was another throw there right after shall- that. Use check, out yeah, was juice at the end of the game as they were trying to seal that one. So I thought Jimmy responded well and at least finished the game better than he started.
1: Yeah, definitely. He, he came out and he was kind of missing high on some throws. And I saw a lot of people, they were upset about that. And my thing is, you know, I don't get upset about it because I just know who Jimmy Garoppolo is. And there's going to be times where he goes through these little lows of missing passes. And the issue with Jimmy Garoppolo is... There's no, there's no like change up with him. There's no curveball. So it's like, if, if he's missing throws like that, it just kind of is what it is. Luckily, he was able to kind of snap out of it. I was wondering from Kyle Shanahan's standpoint, what would be the change up with him? Like, how does he potentially play around what we're seeing from Jimmy early on? And, you know, he just stuck with the run game, stuck with his plan. He threw one outbreaking route. It was like a, five yard out, maybe on third down, he was late, ended up kind of floating out there, was behind George Kittle, I'm like, ah, that's not ideal, but I thought Jimmy came back strong, and there were a lot of people like, Trey Lance needs to come in, I'm like, this is not a Trey Lance time right now, like, you know, we have a guy who's having a slow start to a half, I thought he finished strong, I thought from, you know, from that drive on, Jimmy definitely played more than well enough to just be able to win the game.
0: Absolutely. Seeing more and more people pour into the live stream. Love seeing that. Shout out to everybody out there. Um, Kirk Cousins. He kind of turned into Jimmy late. And that's what I was talking about with them. Looking very similar. Uh, He threw a bad interception underneath. And look, I did say this week that if Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception to Eric Kendricks, that's going to be a bad sign. Then the Vikings are going to win this game. And Jimmy threw an interception, but it was to Harrison Smith. So that's why the 49ers were still able to win this game. But it was Cousins who threw it the, threw the ball to the 49ers linebackers. It was Aziz Alshair who got the interception there. And then Cousins late in the game. like There's something to the Cousins not being a big game quarterback, right? Because like even at the end of the game, felt like he wilted a little bit. He bounced one to Justin Jefferson on the two-point conversion. Couldn't get him lined up at the goal line and, and tried to take a snap from under the guard. He was lined up. I <laughs> saw that. Center. Running back came over, tapped him, said, get over. They had to call a timeout anyway. And it just, it just, it it's happened too many times. It does feel like cousins kind of falls apart in some of the big moments.
1: Definitely. I mean that that's just kind of who he is. And and a lot of people are just about the the situation and you know, been there, done that before him for whatever reason. There must be some kind of uh, you know, something that just pops in his head from like just a a bad time in his life or something, where he starts thinking about that when the game is tight, and he's like, "Oh no, not again!" And he just starts throwing some wild passes.
0: Family board game night, and it comes comes to crunch time, and Dad puts him in jail at Monopoly, and it just all comes flooding back <laughs> in the middle of the game in big moments. Yeah, it's that traumatic hilarious.
1: experience for him. That one hop on the two point conversion, Jefferson was like, "Bro, what the hell?"
0: Oh, he was so mad. That's one of my favorite things is is watching wide receiver quarterback reactions because you always know who is at fault. And it, that was one where it was like, no, it wasn't a miscommunication. He just literally tried to throw a bounce pass to him there. That that was a that was a bad look. Justin Jefferson not happy. Justin Jefferson looked pretty dejected on the sideline too, as did Adam Thielen and and a lot of the offense late because they saw what was happening on the field, and realized we can't stop the 49ers offense right now. And they're gonna Run out the clock. They're going to score again, probably win this football game. And um, Robbie Gold ended up giving them just that little opportunity by missing the field goal, but it was not to be. The 49ers handling the Minnesota Vikings, improving to six and five now on the year, in control of that six seed in the wild card playoffs 34 26. More reaction here from Croc and I as we continue the ground game. We'll give out some game balls in this game. Got to get Crock's thoughts on the 49ers' defensive backs as well but i want to let you guys know about direct tv stream does this sound familiar you are and look i went through it today i went through it a lot in my in-laws house trying to figure out what to watch and what device to watch things on over the holidays you got one device that lets you catch a game live another that uh you stream your favorite shows on maybe then you've got a little you know tablet over here another device you're watching highlights you've got everything going on you've got some friend of a friend's Log in to get in half of these devices. Well, I want to tell you about a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. And that is called Direct TV Stream. I know Direct TV is familiar, but this is Direct TV Stream. Nothing on top of your house. Uh, You stream everything to your TV, to your tablet, to your phone, to whatever device you want to use. And no more buying new devices just for your TV enjoyment. Direct TV Stream brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch all of your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And best part, no annual contracts. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at DirectTV.com. That's DirectTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Debo Samuel, crocky, by the way, I am Brian Peacock. That is Eric Crocker, at BD Peacock on Twitter, at Eric underscore Crocker. Debo Samuel, another game. He's a magic man. He's more running back than wide receiver at this point, which is awesome. It's amazing what he's able to do. Also scary when you see him go down with an injury because running backs get hurt. If there's anything I've learned covering football, it's that running backs Not get hurt a lot, they will get hurt. It's a 100% injury rate for running backs. That's why I don't like seeing Debo Samuel. 8, 10, 12 times lined up in the backfield in the game. I like those one or two nice little plays to him, but let him play wide receiver. So that does worry me a little bit, his usage there. And maybe it caught up to him in this game. And luckily it wasn't a knee injury, but you see him crumple and collapse. You get really worried. Uh, It is a groin injury. He was questionable return, did not come back into the game. We'll find out more later. I'm sure they'll have imaging and all that stuff. And we'll have updates on that. Monday and Tuesday this week to figure out where Debo Samuel is maybe he misses a couple weeks maybe he'll be right back in it next week against the Seahawks but man um, again another effort for Debo where he had more work in the ground game than as a receiver and he only had one catch for 12 yards did get over 1,000 yards receiving on the year by the way which is amazing you see the stat come up on the screen and you see his name with the likes of Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens and he's the third 49ers wide receiver to get a thousand yards in only uh, 11 games is pretty amazing but um the story is his six carries for 66 yards the dude's a monster he's averaging over 10 yards per carry I don't even know what his season average is right now but I think it was I think it was already close to over 10 yards per carry and he's taking carries out of the backfield too this isn't like screen passes or something where he's already out in space two touchdowns on the ground can you explain to me how Debo has this magic ability to always find the corner? He,
1: you know what? I think he's just faster than people think. A lot of times when you see guys just consistently being able to get around the corner and then how he can like get upfield and he's kind of out running angles. I think Debo Samuel is fast, which he, he ran a fast 40 time. I mean, he was a legit combine four, four, eight guy. So like mm-hmm. you're moving. If we're talking about him running at his pro day, I mean, that's a, a low four-four type guy, four-four one, four-four two. So Debo has real speed, and I think when he puts his foot in the ground and gets north, you're able to see that. And we've seen it on several occasions, uh, you know, him catching crossing routes and scoring and outrunning defenses. But I think because of how he looks, and it just doesn't like look fast, people don't think he's that type of speedster. But man, you start looking at how he's kind of breaking angles and and making it tough to tackle him in the open field. Duke can run. It's tough, though, that they're using him so much as a running back because, like you said, there is a lot of wear and tear there. But when you look at it from Kyle Shanahan's standpoint, he's probably saying, like, look, he's my best football player. I I want to just get the ball in his hand any way possible. And he's doing that, and he's getting really good results in doing it. Like, how do you just say, you know what, even though he's, he's averaging – Ten yards of carry and he has five yard five rushing touchdowns. I'm just not going to run the ball with him. Like you just can't do that. Well, on top of that, he's a thousand yard receiver as well. I don't I don't know how, what yeah. you do.
0: And if you ask Kyle Shanahan on a Wednesday, he'd probably tell you I, I don't want to give Debo Samuel that many running back carries. But then in the middle of a Sunday. Kyle has trying to win a football game and that's his best weapon. So you've got to utilize him. So that's a tough place to be in for the coach. And so 33 total touches there on the ground for Samuel and Mitchell combined. Then they had that was just rushing attempts, then another um four targets, one catch for Debo and Mitchell had five receptions, which I think is his bo- biggest output. As far as receptions go in a game, uh, Jimmy did miss him one time pretty bad over the middle, but 35 yards receiving as well for Elijah Mitchell. So just huge output for those two guys. How about this one? Brandon Ayuk, three catches for 91, had the 37 yarder. So all three catches were pretty big. But Debo, or I mean, I.U.K., uh, getting a little scrappy in this game. There was there a was like fourth with those DBs from the Vikings. I, I kind of like seeing that from Ayuk. Get him fired up and get him going.
1: I like it. And I'm pretty sure Kyle likes it, right? Like that's the type of guy that Kyle Shanahan likes. And I think, you know, seeing that fire. And a lot of times when we saw him getting into it with these guys, it's not after a catch or after a pass breakup or something like that. It's it's in the run game. It's with him wow. blocking and him getting in the mix with guys. Then I saw him mouthing off to Sheldon Richardson, who that was my guy on the Jets. You know, we were rookies together. So, uh, you know, it's good to see Sheldon still playing, doing his freakish thing that that he, he did, uh, you know, as a rookie and everything. But Watching the ice man like that's the Shanahan mentality maybe Shanahan did everything he could to get that out of him and now we're seeing it and it's resulting in positive plays now if we can only get Jimmy Garoppolo just kind of keep the ball down a little bit man so my guy can get catches because I saw the halftime step two receptions on six targets and it had a nice game I think it was like 61 yards but shoot you mean some of those passes they come down a little bit I mean we're talking about a hundred yard game easily
0: yeah, go little run after the catch action, and uh, Jimmy was clearly off at the beginning of the game. I did like how he rebounded, and he did make some nice throws, including that one over the middle of the field between three defenders there to Brandon Iyuk. Worried at all about the George Kittle usage? Only one catch in this game, two targets. He was just a uh, – it was all about his blocking ability in this game.
1: I think if you ask George Kittle, he's probably fine with it, but – Again, you know, he's in that mode of Debo Samuel where it's like, man, you want to get the ball in his hands any way possible. And finally, they threw a screen to him, got some positive plays, um, got close for the 49ers to, uh, I believe they potentially, I think they scored on that drive, I believe. Or was that the when Kyle Juszczyk tried to jump over 10 people?
0: Oh, yeah. Come on, Juszczyk. I don't know where you think you're going on that play. First of <laughs> all, you're a fullback, so make sure you look at the depth chart before you uh, attempt to play like that. Uh, but also we're going to fly over three guys and then fly five yards further into the end zone. Like, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> Feeling himself a little bit extra, but yeah, whatever. I think I it what the saying. Vikings players in the process.
1: Hey, Real quick. One thing that I do want to address, because I saw it in the comments here where people were saying, Croc, you were saying this in the preseason about uh, the biomechanics of how Debo Samuel runs and how that could lead to those soft tissue injuries. And, it, you know, it's not me that said it's my my guy told me that, and he's someone that pays attention to how people run and, and the biomechanics of that and how certain people run and how it leads to injuries. And he told me, he said, Man, at some point Debo's gonna have a growing injury, and he showed me why he talked about it. We gotta have him on the show at some point. But see, Debo now have that soft tissue injury, which I believe he did early on too, but it wasn't something that ended up keeping him out of a game. You know, that it, it, he might just consistently have those issues. And that's tough when you're leaning on him so much to be such a big part of your offense.
0: Okay, we, we've got to get into the defensive side of the ball here, and we've got to give out some game balls, and we'll hang out after the official podcast is over and, and continue doing the YouTube Live thing and get into some of these comments because I see a lot of you in the chat and having a bunch of fun, and I want to get involved in that as well some more locked on 49ers with p crock coming up how about this though built bar Cyber Monday is here. The best Monday of the year, Cyber Monday. And Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide at Built.com. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Built Broth, and other Built Swag you can find at Built.com. A brand new Built Bar flavor has just landed as well. Cyber Monday, caramel almond delight. They've been running through a ton of new flavors in in the whole entire month of November. It's been a lot of fun. I've got a couple here, actually, a little ruby chocolate puff going on, but this caramel almond delight. It's only available Monday, and I can't wait to try that one. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, double check. Uh, be sure to get yours before they're gone. 150 calories in that bar and 17 grams of protein. That's the best thing about Built Bars. They are good for you. They are healthy for you. You've got a lot of protein and just a little bit of calories and a little bit of sugar the way you want your snacks to be. They've also got a white chocolate cheesecake coming as well. they got a lemon cheesecake puff going over there, only 140 calories in the white chocolate cheesecake. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar Go to Built.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20% off everything. Head to Built.com. Enter LOCKED20. That's promo code LOCKED20 at Built.com before it's too late. I hope everybody didn't jump into the sports books and bet the under like Croc and I told you. Maybe it wasn't Croc so much, but it was me that told you to do. Uh, The over-under was 49. I felt like was going to go under that. I believe there was the question about under for passing yards for Kirk Cousins, and that under did hit, so so we were 50-50. Over-unders, props, futures, All the lines you could ever need for your football action. Whatever it is you're looking for every Sunday, not only in the NFL, but every NBA, college football, college basketball game, NHL, boxing, MMA. And right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, they've got you covered at betonline.ag. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all your favorite sports this holiday season head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on that's promo code locked on at bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online we're stuffed with deals this thanksgiving i already know you, you got something to say about the josh norman pass interference penalty on justin jefferson down the left sideline what did you see about that was it maybe something earlier because from what i saw there was a little push off from justin jefferson maybe there was some some and, and there was some grabbing all game long from josh norman maybe there was a little bit on that play but that was one where i thought ah, that one i don't think the flag needs to fly on that one and like you said vikings getting bailed out with those calls they called it
1: early in the route when first like uh, uh justin jefferson was going like out and then when he, like, started to do kind of like a scramble drill and he cut up, there was, like, literally a slight touch. And y'all know me, man. I know I defend defensive backs, but I'll keep it real. Like, if it's a legitimately a flag, I'll say it. Just like I said, Quan Williams, that was a flag. That was pass interference on Quan Williams. He got there early. They didn't call it. Whatever. But that's my issue with people talking about a guy not being able to cover or whatever because they get pass interference calls. They're, they're not really consistent with how they call it, so I don't knock guys on it. So when I saw the normal one, I said, man, that's BS. To me, that wasn't a foul. Like, did he touch a guy? Yes. Was it something that, like, impeded any type of progress? No, not at all. So they, weren't, they didn't call P.I. at the catch point. It was earlier in the route.
0: My problem with any and all P.I.s pretty much in the NFL is they don't call the offensive player almost ever for the same – style of ticky tack stuff that they'll call the db for they do call that's some all, off yeah but but not nearly all as all much as the dbs so and, and the other thing is you can't reward the offense for a bad throw and an underthrown ball i feel like the defender needs to have an opportunity to own the ground that he's already gained on the receiver so if you underthrow it and you bump into me because you're trying to come back too bad i've already uh, i've already earned this ground you should not be able to come back through the db just like a db can't go through a receiver
1: Well, the Cowboys lost on a a penalty like that with Anthony Brown, which he got flagged four times in the game, man. I mean, you guys want to talk about defensive backs getting flagged? Go watch the Cowboys because Trevon Diggs, I believe he leads all defensive backs in penalties. He also has given up the most yards in the NFL, but he has eight takeaways, which leads me to my next point about Josh Norman, and I put it out there. And when I talked about uh, him punching the ball out, a lot of responses I got were "Well, only if he – punched out passes that come towards him, or only if he would, you know, cover as well as he punches passes out. But my thing is, man, like at the end of the day in the NFL, it's really hard to cover. If I'm going to give up yards, at least let me do something positive, like force takeaways, which to me, I'd rather, if if you're going to give up a 15-yard catch, a 15-yard catch, but then you force a takeaway, give me that. I'll take that. So I can live with the occasional weird things from Josh Norman if he's consistently giving the 49ers an opportunity to get the ball back, which he did there in the red zone. 49ers just didn't capitalize on it. Seven forced fumbles from Josh Norman on the year. That is extremely impressive. Now, again, you look at what Diggs has done, and people are going to be really high on Diggs and they're talking about him because he has what eight interceptions, which is awesome. But I feel like what Josh Norman is doing, I don't want to say is equally as impressive, but is pretty darn close in my opinion with 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 how you are affecting a game
0: and they're they keep trying Trayvon Diggs that's why he's got so many interceptions because they know there's yards there so they keep throwing to him so he does make some big plays and, and those are impactful and those are really helpful and they've helped that Cowboys defense a lot but they, they're all he's also a player that they're not afraid to target because he, he's beatable too so it's a lot of all or nothing with a guy like Trayvon Diggs
1: and my thing with, in, in, not with so much with Diggs, but with Josh Norman. Like, what's the alternative? Do you say, all right, he gets flagged here and there, or he gives up a catch here and there? So let's take him out. As in, and we're gonna play maybe a Deiondre Lenore who probably is gonna give up catches as well. Maybe doesn't get flagged, but he's also not giving you the opportunity to generate takeaways. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'll take what Norman is giving me because when you need it, that it's gonna it's gonna change a game in a positive way. But at the end of the day, you look at how teams are doing. The 49 is held, Cousins 2 is under. So it's not like the secondary is just like so suspect, like they just got lit up all game by Kirk Cousins. I think they did well. And, and I'll, take, I'll take what we got there because at some point it's going to happen, whether it's to Norman or anybody else, just like it was. I think Jimmy Grappler had a better game than the opposing secondary, but nobody's going to talk about Cam Dantzler and Rashard Breland or anybody else that's out there.
0: Breeland had a nice play on Debo where Debo became the DB, batting a ball away on, on another deep ball to the sideline. So Jimmy trying a few deep sideline throws, which was nice to see. Um, and the Niners did get away with the call with the, the K1 Williams because he did come across, um, uh, was that KJ? Yeah, uh, in the fourth quarter. And there was a no no flag, no call on that one. So, you know, you win some, you lose some when it comes to referees in the NFL. Cruck, we have got to get to our game balls here is there anybody jumping out to you that you want to give a game ball to first before we get out of here? And by the way, everyone hang out because uh, if you're watching on the YouTube live, we're going to we're gonna hang out and, and chat with you and hit some Q&A and just talk ball for a little bit longer after the official podcast is over. Game ball. Yes.
1: So first game ball, Elijah Mitchell, 133 yards rushing. Like you said, chipped in with another 30 something yards receiving. You know, I thought he caught the ball well when it wasn't, you know, 10 feet high in the air about to go over his head. Uh, you know, he ran in for a touchdown. He just runs so strong. He he runs so strong. I think his vision is improving each game. I'm watching him look more comfortable. We talked about the Bears game where he had a big game on the ground in that game. I think 137-something yards. But even then, I was like, man, there, there's some runs you can see just kind of leaving runs out there. I don't see that now. Like, I feel like when when there are opportunities for him to cut back and see something and get a big gain out of it, he's doing it. So, really love what he's doing. Probably... And because he's a six-round pick, people aren't talking about it, but he's the best rookie running back in the NFL. And I believe I I did the numbers here, and we'll talk about where he's at right now, but he's almost at 700 yards rushing with, what, six games left, and he missed three games. I mean, there's a potential opportunity for him to be really hovering around 1,000 yards at this point with six games left. And, you know, we're talking about a 1,400-yard back. So that's the type of pace he's on right now and how – well, he's doing it. They continue to add that receiving aspect to it. Come on now. So, a big game yeah. by him. He definitely gets the first game ball.
0: And he belongs in the rookie of the year conversation when you start looking at it like that. But there's going to be some of those. There's too many quarterbacks. Mac Jones might have that locked up already with the Patriots.
1: Jamar um, Chase.
0: You know, and then there's the, the first ride receivers. And Waddle had a big game. And Jamar Chase started off so hot at the beginning of the year. And You know, there's Kyle Pitts. So, probably not that much of a chance that, and Najee Harris has been the number one guy in Pittsburgh all year long. He's getting a ton of carries. So, probably not much of a chance that Elijah Mitchell will get it. But we might be talking about a, you know, a thousand yard rookie running back and he'll, he should be in the conversation, even though he might not be. But on the same point of the running game, I think you got to give a game ball to the offensive line. These dudes were awesome up front. The 49ers was one of the biggest keys to winning this game, and we haven't really talked about it yet, but the 49ers dominated up front with their offensive line against the Vikings front, and that was massive. That was one of the most important things they had to do in this game, and they handled their business up front. So I think you give five of them, to uh, one for every, but every offensive lineman in this game. couple of penalties for Lakin Tomlinson. Didn't like seeing those, but, uh, I mean, overall, the offensive line played awesome. So, yeah, give them all they game. They
1: were up. both. I saw them on one. It was like he kind of like grabbed them, but he had his hands inside. One hand slipped outside and he took him to the ground. So really, it looked like a more like a pancake. And I think even they were like, eh, really, on both of them, they were kind of ticky tacky. I've seen worse holding calls on guys. It wasn't like he was holding to, oh no, one of them was, where it's like, yeah, he kind of held a guy. No, nah, then he let go. Yeah, I think they were both ticky tack. I, I think they're both bad. Like,
0: you know, it's funny, not you, great you, calls. Uh, on the on the second one, they showed a slow motion replay and he kind of ended up pan- pancaking the guy. But then you saw, I think it must have been Alex Mack right next to him. He was definitely holding his guy. He had, <laughs> he had his arm way out here, was holding on to the guy's uh, jersey from underneath. And they didn't call that, but maybe the call was supposed to be on 50 instead of 75 on that play even. I don't know, because that would (laughs) make more sense. So, again, you you get away with one, you get flagged on the other. You can probably call holding or PI on just about every play, which is kind of frustrating when they decide to do it and when they decide not to throw the flag. But offensive line dominated, I think, in this game, and they deserve game balls. I got a couple more game balls to give out. Um, I, I think, I mean, Debo Samuel gets a game ball for sure, right? No question. Right.
1: That yeah. It's I mean, what, for like, like the sixth straight
0: week, I mean dude. I think he's got at least 10 of 11 game balls right now, it feels like. Yeah.
1: We gotta we gotta name the game ball award the D Ball Award
0: or something. Yeah. Right? The D Samuel <laughs> the Debo Samuel Game Ball Award. How about on the defensive side of the ball? I almost want to give one to Mosley. I thought he was awesome. I thought he played Mosley
1: is a good corner. We talked about, did, did we not bring it up this morning when we did, did? the preview show we talked about how well he's playing and you said he might be one of the more underrated corners in the NFL.
0: Nobody talks about Emmanuel Mosley. You're talking about the better corners in the NFL and he's really good. Uh, I'm impressed with him and get more impressed with him every single week. And He had a, he had a pretty good game in this one as well. Um, Bosa, rookie agent. Bosa was the only sack of the game for the 49ers defense. They did not pressure Kirk cousins all that much. But again, the guy that did it was Bosa. He had a sack there. Um, he got hit by Abukam. Man, Abukam just hasn't brought much to the table for the 49ers. His biggest hit of the year has been on his own teammate and knocked Bosa out of the game for a short time. But luckily, Bosa came back. He did get a sack. He might have been slowed a little bit from that injury. Um, I don't know if it's game ball worthy. I feel like Bosa almost has to go above and beyond to do something extra special. has to get a, at least two sacks to get a game ball these days. But uh, the, the defense played pretty well. I mean, held Minnesota to 26 points. They they stopped them in the end. Do you give a game ball to Al Shayer for just being in the right place and, and not dropping the interception?
1: <laughs> yeah, real, real quick, I do want to talk about the defensive line. Although they didn't, like, really get there consistently, I thought there were a good amount of times where even on key downs, they collapsed the pocket. And I thought Kirk Cousins sometimes just did a good job beating it, but it wasn't pretty all the time right there in the pocket i thought they did a good job of kind of collapsing it
0: and the front seven did a good job against the run too even you know b- before the injury dalvin cook it was 10 rushes for 39 yards and, and all of that came on one play where you run th- yeah yeah, so uh the the defense did a really good job against the run and making the the Vikings one dimensional and put it all all the weight on Kirk Cousins shoulders and he ended up folding under that weight. So just a fantastic win all around for the San Francisco 49ers in week 12 firmly in that playoff picture now with what five, six games to go at six and five and some winnable games including those Seattle Seahawks next week in Seattle. That will be A fun game. Croc and I, as always, we'll have you covered as we do every day. Thanks for making us your first listen right here on Locked On 49ers. Stick around if you're on the YouTube live stream. We're going to hang out and chat with you there. If you are on the audio podcast, thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.